I, I felt really upset with myself today because I was going to bring a little offering for you for this show. <laughs> I, I was going to bring um, the one of our uh, one of the counters in my building has a has a bell like a service bell. I was going to bring that for you and put it in front of you anytime I start mansplaining. <laughs> you could you could ring the bell. No. Because I like you know aside from the fact aside from the fact that you brought that up once or twice, I also feel like I'm, I'm like highly well. I, I highly have the possibility of doing that today. I won't be like rude about it. If you are, I'll just no. Did, did you want the phone? I don't think you're gonna do it. Oh, are you gonna do it deliberately? I, so I I'm like, not trying. But no, I mean, but I don't need a bell. I would just say, are you mansplaining like, okay. a woman to a woman? Okay. All right. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> Welcome to wherever you are. My name is Ryan McNeil, Toronto, Canada. You are listening to episode 178 of the Matinee Cast. It's the movie-loving podcast of my movie-loving website, matinee.ca, your home for cinematic passion and perspective. It has been a very busy summer already. I swear just yesterday I was taking time for hot dogs and writing about all kinds of nonfiction, uh, but the entire month of May blew right past me and... Uh, the, the show kind of took its break, but we kept on going. We uh, did the birthday show not long ago. I did some more travels and swore up and down that I was probably not going to make it to episode 178, that it was going to be delayed because there was just too much going on. But uh, not only did a movie uh, drop that did warrant ta a lot of talking about, um, despite my early curiosity, but I had a chance to bring on a guest uh, that's a little bit outside of the normal... Uh, circle that we uh, that we get into with podcasting because a lot of times we get some of the same voices and the same guests on. I'm sort of excited to get one of my friends on the show who just uh, has like no agenda, just comes sit down and talk about movies with me. Um, and that's uh, today's guest. Today's guest is um, more of a more of a book friend of mine, more of a music nerd friend of mine. Um, she she feeds my vinyl habit. If you if you folks want to believe that, she's the person who says, "Yeah, sure, go to the record store. Why not?" Um, my friend Megan Clayton is on the show. How are you, Megan Clayton? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm really excited. You had the idea that you wanted to do a podcast where you just talk about podcasts? <laughs> where I made fun of podcasts. Oh, so you just basically yeah. want to like record the commentary track and heckle them over? Yes. Yeah. Was this, and this was in the reaction to like the, uh, the, the WrestleMania one, wasn't it? Yes. Well, not the WrestleMania. I mean, there were several WrestleMania ones that there's, were terrible, there's but... several wrestling podcasts? I, sh I, you know what? I shouldn't yes. throw stones. <laughs> I should not throw stones for the love of God. But yes. there, okay, and there, and there was one that you were like. There I was just one that was particularly terrible, and yeah, I, I would have loved to sit and do the DVD commentary, so to speak, as these two idiots tried to <laughs> shamble their way through discussing wrestling. And for a whopping, didn't you say that show was like eight hours? Yes. That's insane. Yes. I, I mean, you know, <laughs> I had shows that go two hours with editing, and even by the end of that, I'm like, who's listening? But, but these jokers carry Well, it on. was just, I mean, imagine getting drunk with your buddies and watching wrestling and then talking to each other. The only way I'd be watching wrestling. I wow. keep doing it. I'm so, so bad. Let's see, this is... This Wearing is, a wrestling t-shirt. I, I, <laughs> maybe that's what's bringing it out. <laughs> on episode 178, we will be discussing Wonder Woman. We'll turn the record over to play the other side. But first, we need to learn more about Megan. This is Know Your Enemy. All right, you sort of know how this goes because I think you've listened to a few of my shows since we met a few months ago. Um, but inquiring minds want to know, and I certainly want to feel very old. Uh, what was the first film you can remember seeing in a theater? The Land Before Time. The 
ten before the the animated dinosaur movie. Yes. Oh man. Um, do you remember anything about like the experience? Did your, I, your yes. parents probably? Yes. My father took me, and I made him sit in the front row. Oh no. Which he reminds me of every time I see him. Okay. And the T Rex scared the hell out of me, and I made him leave halfway through. That's what happened. <laughs> My first movie. Wow, yeah. you were insistent and. Yes. and <laughs> yes. I really like dinosaurs. So. <laughs> okay, so do you remember like approximately how old you were? I think I was four. Okay, was four. you were an insistent four-year-old. Yes. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Why were you so hell bent on sitting in the front? Because I was closer to the dinosaurs and it was more real. I don't know. I was four. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I don't know if you could get back into the lodge. No, no, four. I have no idea. And I. I remember getting up and leaving, and I definitely know I got up from like really close to the screen. But I don't remember going in and like, Daddy, we have to sit in the front row. But he swears that I made him. Wow. Uh, and was that you? I can't remember. You grew up in the city, or yeah, yeah. Do, do you remember where whereabouts it was? It was at uh, the Scarborough Town Center's Cineplex. Oh, I miss going to a movie in a mall. Yeah. I really do. Like even that that thing I've got at the top of my street that doesn't really count. No, that's not. The no, same no, no. I like, and that was that was a lot growing up. Like when my cousins and my uncles would take me, you go to a mall. Sometimes the weird thing is usually you'd be going and like the movie would be after hours. Yep. You know, like you yep. talking earlier today about going into a mall at like midnight. That yep. would be the thing. You go, and that's why. <laughs> oh man. And you'd go like right from Taco Bell to the theater. Yeah. So you have, like your tacos stuffed in your purse. And, yeah. yeah they, don't, they don't make them like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there is a Taco Bell underneath my Cineplex. Oh. I will. One of these days we'll take Taco Bell. I don't even carry a purse. Um, four times. I I haven't seen that one in so long. Really? Yeah. It's a classic. It is. I just I. It's one of those ones I haven't revisited in a long time. What's one of the last movies that you watched in any format? Uh, the Wizard of Lies, the HBO film about Bernie Madoff. Okay, I so I saw the ads for that just kind of before I started going from city to city around America. How is so that that that's the? It's all about like the Madoff Ponzi scheme, right? Uh, it is and it isn't. I think that if it had had a theatrical release it would have been better received okay i think because it, it i mean it was a character study right. De Niro was amazing and he was made off okay and it was all about the the family like the internal family struggles and arguments and and conflict that arose from this mm -hmm. but i think because it was hbo i expected a little more smartest guys in the room type a little more information about how he did it and, and exactly how he filtered the money and they didn't really give you Touch any of those details. Huh. I mean, they, they sort of did in a way that they needed to move the story along, yeah. but it didn't really give you any of the dirty details. So it was an interesting character study, but I really wanted to know how we did it. And right. I came away from the movie wikipedia Did you think any differently of him? No, at not at all. Not at all. Because that's, I, I would think that that would be the, the reason for doing a right. movie like this, is change your perception um, somehow. Changed my perception of the rest of his family. Oh. But not, it was, it's a strange film because everything sort of happens around this orb that is Bernie Madoff. And okay. he stays static from the beginning to the end, no remorse, no explanation of why he did it. But it's really watching his family come together against him hmm. that you didn't really see play out when the whole thing went down. So the HBO movies are, are such a mixed bag. Like there's sometimes where they're incredible, like, uh... The, one of the last ones I remember really loving was Behind the Candelabra, mm -hmm. the one about Liberace mm -hmm. with uh, Michael Douglas and Matt Damon. Um, but and, and I hear the one with Oprah, the one about Henrietta Lacks, is supposed to be yeah, really, yeah, really yeah. good. 
but then so many of them just kind of come and go and they're like, eh. I, it seems like the ones that they don't really take a lot of risks on mm -hmm. are kind of eh. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're not going to displease anybody by making a Bernie Madoff movie where he looks like a jerk. Right. You know, like right. if they had done it and tried to get you to sympathize with them, maybe it would have been a bigger deal. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I, it sounds like I didn't miss much, but okay. No. <laughs> uh, what is one of the worst films you have ever seen? The Cable Guy. It's the only movie I've ever walked out of the theater. Ah, uh, okay. The so let, let, let's paint a picture here. So if, if, if I'm doing my math right, you would have been like, wait a minute, you would have been that old. You would have been like yeah. 12. Yeah. So what, like, oh, 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 I know how you got there. You kind of got lured thinking it was like Jim Carrey, Jokey. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Ace Ventura man. is the cable guy. No, it was not. Uh, <laughs> it was not like that at all. And you went like with your friends and oh, everything? Yeah. And, and, yeah. and all my of you sister, left? My sister and her boyfriend and then me and my next door neighbor slash kind of, sort of, maybe, sorry if you're listening, but we kind of were. Um, we were sort of on a date and I was, this is terrible. My sister's like, yeah, this is awful. So we got up and left. Right. And then what are the boys going to do but get up and follow? They got to go, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's funny because have you ever found yourself, like, watching it again in the years since? No, I've never seen it again. Because part of me <laughs> wonders. I know. Because it was, it was black. Like, I mean, okay, one, nobody was prepared for, like, Jim Carrey to do right. something that wasn't just straight out right. Um I, I've actually never seen it end to end. So I have no clue. I, I can't sit here. Neither and, have I. I you know, clearly. <laughs> I, can, I mean, I can't sit here and mansplain about what you're missing. I can't browbeat <laughs> you into, you know, my, my, my mantra on this show is right. watch it again. I can't even hit you with that because I've never seen it. Nobody has. Like, I've told that story several times. And people are like, that's fair enough, like, that you left. Nobody's been like, you missed an amazing movie. Yeah. That, well, that, I don't that's... Think, like, if I said that to Jim Carrey, I don't think Jim Carrey would be like, you should have stayed. <laughs> The only thing I'd be curious about, maybe this will ine inevitably lead me to watching it, so if you hear about me saying it, it's because <laughs> of this conversation, is I know when I was younger, I didn't get black humor. Mm -hmm. Like, that just that concept was completely foreign to me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Fargo, a movie I now adore, I didn't get it. The first time I saw it, I was like, why is this considered funny? Um, so that I'd only be curious to revisit it. Or, or to suggest you revisit it for that reason. I but I'm I, I'm gonna maybe if I'm gonna go down that road, I'm gonna watch it first. Right. Okay. Right. I'm not gonna tell you because then I know I'll just be you know inviting scorn. <laughs> um, but but you're right. I've never heard anybody really rally to the defense of that movie. Yeah. Uh, what is a classic or essential movie that you have not seen? Which is not really a fair question because even though you're you know you're on the show. To hang with me, you're not really what we call, you know, a movie person. Right. So there, there could be lots of answers of to be right. But, but the pick one. One I'll give you is The Usual Suspects. I've never seen. The really? Usual Suspects. Yeah. Wow, that surprises me for all kinds of reasons. Okay, so first of all, <laughs> there's no way that that en the ending of that movie hasn't been spoiled for you. Oh now. yeah, no, I I know exactly what happens. And same with Seven. I've never seen, but I know how it ends. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that was the other answer. I was like, oh, man. Um, I would say that they actually both hold up beyond their twists. Yeah. Um, and also, congratulations, because those are probably two of the most modern answers that have come up on this show. Um, but both of them survive beyond their twist ending. Um, usual suspects a little bit less so, because that's all really about 
who Kaiser Soze is. Right. Why am I dancing around this? I don't know. I know anybody is not going to know after 22 <laughs> years. Um, the cool thing about that one is just is is watching the one up because it is still right. a bunch of hoodlums on their case and it is still somebody telling a story. So you might, despite knowing the end, if you inevitably came to that one, you would dig it. Were you like just it's it's just sheltered? No. I was gonna say, but I mean, like I understand. Yeah, yeah. Like, those are two pretty big pop culture movies, though. Yeah. Did you have an aversion? Like, I know you don't Um, like scary movies. No, I don't. Um, No, I didn't have an aversion. I just never got around to it, I guess. And they kind of came out not around the same time, but I think No, exactly the same time. They came out, like, two two months apart. Parallel, like, a big action movie, I thought. For some reason, I'm remembering, like... Uh, They were both fall of 95. So, like, it would have been. So, I was 10 and missed the. Yeah. I didn't get a chance to see the usual suspects because I was watching Ninja Turtles. Right. (laughs) Right. But, yeah. And then I just never came back to it. Right. And then, okay. So, and and then with the usual suspects, we got the ending, seven, six, or thing. I I would really, like, first of all, I always. I'll watch it the same day I watch Cable Guy. No, no, no. I did. I'm not going to bat for Cable Guy, especially because I've never seen it. I would go to bat for those two movies, especially like Seven is a movie that I adore. So yeah. Seven's like a top ten movie for me. Um, but Usual Suspects is it? I I believe it holds up. I believe yeah. that it's not just a movie about its trick; that it is very much about storytelling. And I usually I always say I envy people who get to watch these movies for the first time. And right. that's going to be the cool thing is that a lot that was one of those movies. When it came out, everybody was like, okay, now i got to go watch it again. Now that I know the end, right, i got to see right, it again. Right. So that's going to be the cool thing is when you watch it. No, that, notice I said there when, not if. Yes, yeah. yeah. That, for me, that was The Departed. I It was kind of lukewarm on it until the end. Okay. And then I wanted to watch it immediately again. Oh, shit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, no, there we go. Usual Suspects. I, very nice. I, I have a copy. I might very well just let it do before you leave. Uh, last but not least, what is a film that for any rhyme or reason you wish you had made? I think I would have remade Ghostbusters, like, perfectly. So, okay. Now, now we, we've got a few questions here. So, first of all, we're saying that you would remake it better than the most recent remake yes. of it. Yes. So, which is then says that you did not like the remake of it. No, it was, it was kind of a lukewarm, mediocre comedy at best. Okay. If you were to remake it, would you do what they did and just tell the origin no. story all over again? No. Everybody hates Ghostbusters too. I liked Ghostbusters too, uh, but it kind of—I saw that before the you? first one because oh, I was okay. like five years You're ten, old. You're right. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so I didn't like that they tried to redo the whole thing. They the second movie kind of left a lot of doors open if they ever wanted to come back and do it again. I would have liked to see an Oscar as an adult. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I think that they probably would have had another kid. Mm-hmm. I think like Jay Farrow and Jay Baruchel. And Seth Rogen and Anna Faris and like you've got all these crops of hilarious young comedians that are mm. right about the same age. Why wouldn't you use them? Why use for kind of lukewarm comedians that were badly miscast in that movie? They, I mean, they were great, I thought, but yeah. they should not have been the characters that they were. If that makes sense. That makes sense. I were okay. So like we we agree and disagree here because I would I would certainly. What I was hoping for, um, and I didn't really, I didn't care, but I was kind of hoping for it. I was hoping that it would continue the story. Right. There was no point in starting over. I right. wanted to find out that either they were fans or they were daughters or they were right. nieces right. or something. Right. 
connected to the originals. And the, the originals didn't even really have to show up. To no. be entirely, like, I didn't need all the cameos and everybody to be everybody. But I wanted the story to be the Ghostbusters of the 80s had happened. And, you know, we saw them get ruined before Ghostbusters 2. Now they just got really ruined. Or they got old and one or of them died what or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah so I, I'll agree there. Where I disagree, and of course this is completely subjective, so we can't argue it too much, is I actually like all four of those comedians I really love. Yeah. So just watching them well, get no, to I hang like, out. I like them too. No, I mean I really like them. So, <laughs> I, I, like Kate McKinnon, I will yeah. watch her in anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, any, and Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, yeah. uh, Leslie, Leslie Jones, dear God. There, there are a few people that make me laugh as hard as yeah. Leslie Jones makes me laugh. So I, I, I was on that, board for but, <laughs> but I think that they were miscast. Those were terrible roles for all four of them to play. If you've got those amazing comedians, why is Leslie Jones just yelling at me? Like, she's got a great, if you watch her on SNL, she's, when she's subtle, mm -hmm. she's got a great delivery. Why didn't they use that? You know, like, Melissa McCarthy is not the matronly sad mom. Like, she should have been what she's doing with Sean Spicer now. Like, she's got a biting wit. Right. And where was that? It's funny because, I, like, as time goes on, I watch all these comedians take on different things. Like, it used to be, Kristen Wiig used to be the one that was always, like, the smartass. Right. And, and now it's like, she's the straight man. Yes. Right? She's the mom. She's yeah. the t she's turned into Tina Fey because she's like a hair's breath older than thirty. Right. And that's just what happens. Right. Um, so you would remake Ghostbusters and put it in that universe. And, and, and Definitely. I mean there's there's no reason like Peter and Dana should have had another kid and like maybe Peter died and that's why his kid's Man. a skeptic because Peter never came back to see her. <laughs> um, like, that's interesting because I usually when people are like, you know, the movie that they wish they had made, it's it's all of these, usually a lot older ones. I don't I don't think anybody's actually ever mentioned a comedy on this show. That's my wheelhouse, though. Like that's my. It's all I, I think that comedies are the you know that's the best genre. It's just, it's the, it's kind of like the aristocrats, right? It's just the framing for a joke and how you decide to tell that joke is up to you. Oh, cool. All right. Well, there we go. That's a bit about my friend Megan. We are going to talk about a franchise superhero film, which we don't do on this show very often anymore, because what is there to say about them, really? But uh, turns out one dropped into our laps this month that uh, we have a lot to say about. Come on back. Right after this, we are going to go to the new slang, and the new slang is Wonder Woman. Woman is directed by Patty Jenkins. It's written by Alan Heinberg based on the classic character from DC Comics. It stars Gal Gadot, Chris Pine, Connie Nielsen, Robin Wright, David Thewlis, and Danny Houston. This is the story of Diana Prince, that's Gal Gadot, a woman who grew up on an isolated Greek island of Themyscira, an island populated completely by warrior women. As a girl, she wishes to train to fight, but her mother, the queen, will not let her. When she and her aunt finally convince her mother to let her train, she d we discover that Diana is not what she seems to be. A little bit later, as an adult, an allied World War I pilot falls from the sky, bringing the German Navy close behind him. The violent tendencies of mankind are brought to the shores of the mascara at great cost. Diana believes that she should go with the pilot, Steve Trevor, 
that is uh, Chris Pine. Back to the world of men and confront the great evil that prophecies of her homeland foretold. This is a very long plot that I have to explain, but I, and I don't know why, because I'm sure everybody listening has probably seen it already. Once there, she has to struggle to make her voice heard. Welcome to 1918 Europe, Miss Prince. But eventually gets tired of words and responds with actions. In our world, you see Diana as a god, virtually indestructible and capable of feats of great strength. So it is that the age of wonder is upon us, and we witness Diana Prince move through the front lines of the Great War in search of the greatest evil ever known. We are going to do something a little different today. We are going to start low and work our way up. You see, because both Megan and I like this movie a great deal, as many critics and audience members do. However, it is not without flaw. And this begs an interesting question. Have we got carried away? So, pop quiz hotshot. Our reaction to this film. Is it strictly contained to what's on screen, or is it painted by everything that has gone on in the run-up? Define everything that has gone on in the run-up. The first time a film with a female heroine out of a comic book movie has actually managed to execute itself capably. A lot of dissent about which woman should direct it. Uh, on and on and on and on and on. Even right down to the DC films so far being pretty shitty. Um, it, it felt like, you know, both you and I enjoy this movie and we both think it's a good movie, but I wonder if part of why we're reacting to it is based on what it is going upstream against as much as what is on the screen. No. Okay. <laughs> Explain. Ghostbusters <laughs> went up a much, dif a much more difficult stream and I hated that movie. Okay. A lot of people hated that movie. And I don't think it's fair to hang the success of this movie on her uphill battle, right? so to speak. But, it, but that's the thing, is that it's, it, unfortunately, it's kind of undeniable. It, it sucks that, first of all, it sucks that we're in the age of, okay, so if we were to go all the way back, we could go really back to, like, my lifetime, really, like 1978 with Superman. There, there was a Batman film before that, but Superman in 1978. Ever since then, there's been superhero films that dot the landscape every few years. At, in that time, there's been a Catwoman movie that was bad, an Elektra movie that was bad, and this. And those are the only three where there was a heroine at the front. There's been all kinds where they're in the mix, but none of them at the front. So, so already they were always saying, well, every time we try to make a superhero movie, it fails. It's like, well, yeah, because every time it fails, it's because you make a bad movie. And so even just greenlighting Wonder Woman, like Warner never had to greenlight it because they know they own the property. So it's not going anywhere. If they don't make it, nobody else makes it. Um, they just took their sweet ass time because they felt it was going to fail. So knowing that kind of thing of knowing that a whole studio didn't want to make a movie because they thought it was going to fail and it doesn't, is that checkering our opinion? It's not checkering my opinion. Okay. It might be checkering yours, but you come at it from a much different angle, mm -hmm. right? Like you put a lot more stock into what you know insiders are saying and blah blah blah. No, well, I, actually, I, I don't, don't care. And, and most like eight-year-old girls that were at the theater with me didn't care. I mean, not with me. But <laughs> <laughs> the takeaway but, is yeah. making like eight-year-old girls. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, oh, oh, no, that's staying in. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, no, I, I just, I don't think that, I think that you come at it from a different 
perspective and I, Listen, I don't think that uh, I don't think that most people went in with with high expectations because of that I think they went in because of the trailers they looked amazing mm -hmm. I think uh, I'm sorry but Gal Gadot looked amazing in that costume and, and she didn't look alienating right in that costume like if you'll rewind to Tomb Raider mm -hmm. there were a lot of like I don't know if I want to go see that I oh I see okay. you know what I mean yeah, like, yeah, okay. it wasn't it wasn't like this movie's not for you right you know so no I, I honestly don't think that it's coloring it okay um, I like I, I'm I'm very much of that same opinion like I, I try to leave I, you know I all this stuff is rattling around in my brain but just the same way as I try to leave expectations, I try to just check that out the door and just say, okay, it's time for a movie. Mm -hmm. So for me, I think that, that all of that lead up wasn't really coloring my opinion. Um, if anything, what was coloring my opinion was that this is now the fourth film in what is being called the DCEU, the, D the uh, Detective Comics Extended Universe. Um, if you count back to Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman and Suicide Squad, and all of those have been levels of bad. Right. Right? So this is the first one that was any good at all. And because of that, that that helped prop things up. I think up. that's really unfair to it is. say that no, it is, but it's I mean, only it's, good it's, because it was better Oh, no, it's, it's really, it's really good, but I mean, when the, when the expectation for me is already low, you right. only have one way to go. Right. I, I've always called these kinds of movies on this podcast, I've always called them cheeseburgers. Because they are, they're you know they're they're meant for the summertime, and yeah. you know there's not a whole lot of depth to them usually. Um, and when it comes to cheeseburgers, they're usually done pretty badly. Like there, there's a lot of money put into effects, and there's a lot of money put into you know a ton of money put into marketing. And I just kind of wonder sometimes if what the other thing that we're applauding is capability. Like here's here's a film that's that's. Even if it's only okay, and there are people out there who say it's only okay, it's at least executed well. And I'm like, have we gotten to that point with our cheeseburgers where it's like, well, that was a good one, you know? Well, of course, because of what you said at the beginning, you expect them to be bad. They're, they're popcorn movies. Mm. And yeah, gotten to that point. I mean, where were you in 1998 when Armageddon came out? I mean, we've been there for, for a long time. Where, mm -hmm. like, it's a very low bar. When you go to these movies, like, are you ever looking for plot when you go to this? Kind of, no, I'm, it's a serious question. Like, if you go to a summertime big blockbuster movie, right. do you, are you just basically there to be in, entertained by pretty lights? Or if, if the plot works, are you like, oh, hey, cool? I mean, that's a difficult question. And a little insulting. No, I, no, I, I, no but I don't know. Like, because there's there's some people um, who are who just so say. Do you not like like big summer blockbusters? I like them, but I just go expecting to be distracted for two hours. Right. Like I'm right. expecting to watch loud noises, maybe get one good scene, right. and have a crackling soundtrack. I'm, I go to them. I'm not expecting Schindler's List every time. I'm not even expecting Fargo every time. Right. But am I expecting to be entertained and? held my interest and that it's not just a bunch of explosions yeah sure i expect it to at least be a seven out of ten yeah but then i guess that's the thing is that i've gone i've gone through a lot of like non-sevens i've right. gone through a lot of like fives and twos but it, including it, in this universe that's right. the thing right but is that your thing like do you like big loud action movies I, I, like your I, bar I, is probably different than mine well no I, i'm sorry <laughs> I, I should know that that's a lie i i, I like loud explosions but it's 
the same way that I'm in the mood for Burger King one right. day to, to, right. to take my analogy that much further is if I just want to put something on and zone out that that'll do it's not what I reach for if I'm actually looking to be entertained right it's usually what I put on if I need something else to do yeah. um, the other thing that I was gonna ask you about as far as negatives about this movie before we get into why we actually do like it is there has been um, kind of a question around this movie that Wonder Woman spends a chunk of the second act playing this doe-eyed god in the woods. So we, it, it's in a way, it's sort of like the whole um, Trinity effect, where you get a female character into the story who is clearly so much more capable than the male hero who happens to be at the center of it but happens to be sidelined so it's kind of similar to that so we know what she can do both because she's wonder woman and we already know that and we've seen her dismantle you know every warrior that the mascara can throw at her and yet when she gets to 1918 earth she seems so she seems like she was born yesterday like things with like, oh, look at the ice cream and oh, look at this and oh, what was this over here and why are we going this way and why am I wearing this and on and on. Like she seems just so stymied by everything. I, I'm, it's, I, 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 I kind of noticed it and I've read around about people mention, making mention yeah. of once she gets to Earth, she seems to be really mystified by a lot. I don't know if I would call it mystified. Okay. Um, I think one of my favorite parts of the movie was when she, um, she's what I think she hadn't quite decimated the town yet but you know what she can do right and she sees a baby in a, in a mom's arms and she goes oh my god a baby right and i think that's okay i think it's okay to be able to charge the front line and then it's okay to be like oh my god a baby because the thing or the ice cream is or the ice words. cream or like you should be very proud like what's wrong with saying that and and i say that because a lot of something that people don't really talk about is that women are really catty against each other for displaying traits like that. Okay. You're you're either tough and you don't care about babies, right. you don't care about marriage, and you don't care about if she goes shopping and she likes it, you don't care about that stuff. You can't be both. You can either be the woman who stays home and bakes and goes shopping and oh my god, a baby. Right. But you certainly aren't going over the trenches. Right. And she did all of it and she was clearly capable and that's how I took it that it's okay to be all of those things and it's okay to leave your home island come on to a different island that you've never seen before and be a little mystified mm -hmm. there's I don't think that there was anything wrong with that. I like on, on the page I don't think there was anything wrong with that I might have directed those moments a little bit differently because um, I like I started kind of scratching my head the, the, the one thing that was cool is that at the very least this movie's not taking itself so seriously, right? Right, Because that's been kind of the knock against a lot of these other films right. as they just seem to be so heavy and so dour um, that it, it was it was kind of nice to actually see her, see Wonder Woman get excited about ice cream, right? right? Um, but I, the, I, I was left scratching my head about- Why? I, don't get me wrong, I expected her to be caught unawares by the world of man i didn't expect her to be mystified by an ice cream cone why not uh, what if she'd never had one before? Like, 
like why I don't understand why people aren't comfortable with women showing vulnerability. I'm comfortable with no, her no, showing vulnerability. I'm, I'm I know, saying, I know. Like, I just I, why is that? Why can you not reconcile somebody? Who just is, that, just that reaction. Like she, she was tiptoeing towards Goofy, and don't get me wrong, I didn't want like the last thing this movie, the last thing this movie or this world needs is more earnestness. Right. But I thought there was something between between joy and dopey like i it, it, and it's it could have just been a different take yeah right or a different or different music underneath it maybe. Um, maybe but that that was that was the only thing I, I i read um that really had me scratching my head because that actually plays into something we've talked about already um you and i have talked about already which is that she spends much of that same stretch um arguing over and over with Steve Trevor who keeps wanting to hold her back from all kinds of things be it barging into a conference like to to a diplomatic conference to you know going off to the front lines to all sorts of stuff and he just basically he keeps on stopping her and says we don't do that um I that for me was the moment where this movie was really kind of showing we know what we, we know what we're up against um Inter- like in terms of on the page, mm-hmm. um, whether or not that was deliberate or I'm just hanging it on that, I don't know. <laughs> you mean we as in we women know what we're up against? No, mean, we or? the filmmakers okay. know how much naysaying has gone on. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't take No? <laughs> I wasn't looking at it like that. What were all. you looking at? It? Um, well, you kind of mentioned that he was kind of mansplaining mm. to her about why you can't do this and why you can't do that. And... and when I was watching it, that's not how I took it. I took it as, you know, when you're the young, like, naive person at the office and someone's like, this isn't how we do it. Right. Like, this is how it's been done forever. This is how we're going to do it. That's kind of how I took it. I didn't really look at it as a, this is our wink to, we've been trying to get this movie out for so long. It was more like, when you're new to somewhere and you're constantly being told without a lot of explanation, like, this is just how it's done. Right. I think that kind of crossed over the genders and everybody can relate to that feeling of like, but why don't you just do it this way? Because that's yeah. not how it's been done. Which I guess maybe that, that struck me as strange that we're, we're saying that, you know, this is the way we file our TPS reports right. to a God, right? you know, I, and I, and, right. I, and obviously he doesn't really know what she's capable of, right. nor does anybody else. But it, it's still, you know, I was like, that's a really strange tack to take for most of your, most of your first act. Think so. No, okay. <laughs> I thought it kind of it it sh- I mean it it went to show that she's very determined. She's she's gonna go over the trench whether you tell her not to or not. I think it, it went along with the um, what is it the anyway she persists. Thing. Yeah. You know, despite everything, she's going over that thing. Yeah. She's going over that trench. She's gonna speak to the senators or whatever. Yeah. Which, despite everything. Despite she everything, persisted. she's yeah she she persisted. Um, so we have Gal Gadot as our titular hero. Um, uh, somebody who I didn't really know much about before she played Wonder Woman, so she showed up in um, Batman vs. Superman mm-hmm. for the first time. Apparently she was in Fast and Furious movies, which I wouldn't know. because I've, I've, I've never seen a one. <laughs> well, I keep thinking, maybe I'll jump in, but then, eh, I just... Wait, I got like seven. I, I saw the first one. I thought it was an okay car movie. Apparently they get better. But then, but, and, and apparently she was in a few of them. Yeah. Um, what'd you think of her as, uh, as our hero? Perfect. Really? She was perfect. Okay. Yeah. And it's funny because the, the nitpicking about, not yours, but in general, about all of her like naive moments mm. were the ones that endeared me to her the most. Okay. 
So you liked her both uh, in the quiet moments and in the fights? Yes. Hmm. I thought the, the scene on the boat with her and him, I thought was perfect. It's funny because I think in another movie that scene would have been handled very differently. Like that was a really, yes. that was a kind of a very cool flirtation, I yes. thought. She was very confident in herself and it, it, I've never seen a role where a woman is like, just come and lay down. Like, what's wrong with you? What are you doing? Mm -hmm. She didn't comprehend why that wasn't okay, but not in a doe-eyed, stupid way because she read all those books and she knows what's going on. And right. I, I thought that was perfect. Mm. And she played it with such a coy, sly, she knows what she's doing, but she's not really overtly flirting. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really well. It's, um, it's, it's, it's wild because on the one hand, um, the one thing this movie does a great job of is making her look really powerful because she's not big. Like, no. like in, in person, she is not very tall, which is kind of one of the things I've heard people say is that they, they would much rather that a woman who is closer to an Amazon right. um, play the role. Like I think people have their, their eye on, on um, Gwendolyn Christie from Game of Thrones or somebody, somebody with some height, yes. which I don't give a crap. You know, right. if, she's if, a god. If you, Why does she have to be this well, no, I, <laughs> I mean, you know, the comic book nerd in me thinks, yeah, it would be great if she was the same height as Superman because they're supposed to be about the same right. height. At the end of the day, though, I don't give a shit. Right. Right. Um, so I do, on the one hand, I do kind of wish they got somebody a little bit bigger. Not that it matters, because I think what's most important um, for me watching this movie what was most important for me was watching her move, right? right? Like she's right, supposed to be right. this great fighter. And as long as she can actually kick and spin and swing and everything like that. Well, she was in like the Israeli defense, wasn't she? For Apparently. Years? Yeah. yeah. So, so, so she can, she can move. I wouldn't tell her to her face that she wasn't tall enough. <laughs> I'm taller role. than her. I can absolutely tell her to her face that she's I not tall enough. <laughs> you know, yeah, she'll destroy me, but that doesn't mean that she's any taller. No, I'm, I'm you know, just saying. Like, be I'm, like crumpled on the ground and say, yeah, yeah let's see you grow. <laughs> yeah, pass me some ice. Um, no, I, I really liked her. I've, I've, you know, the little dose of her that we got in um, Batman versus Superman, I kind of already had that right. in mind. And... This film was more about her carrying the quieter moments. I'd, we'd already seen her fights. Yes. And um, I think she's a good choice. I, I really, really do. The, I, I, you know, she's it, she's not exactly a name. That's one of the things I right. dig. Right. Like, they very, very easily and probably were pressured to give this to somebody like Scarlett Johansson. Right. Like, they were probably pressured to give this to an A-lister. Um, I like that they gave it to somebody who was lesser known. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and on Warner's on Warner's behalf, it's cheaper. <laughs> um, Probably not for the next one. <laughs> no, no, it's going to get more expensive as we go. Um, on the other side of the coin, what did you think of Chris Pine? Steve Trevor is the Steve. worst name. Like, <laughs> two, two first names. Yeah, serial killer Steve Trevor. Uh, <laughs> he's. I mean, you got to let the other Chris play. You have Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth. You got to let the other one in. I I think he's cute. He was fine. He was. Not so great in the dramatic moments, I thought, but he was fine. He's not the star of the show. He's fine for filler. He was a good Bond girl, he, you know. <laughs> Is he, fine. does Does the film ever, I, I sort of think there's one moment, but I'm not dead certain. Does the film ever look at him with the female gaze? 
when he steps out of the pool yeah. naked? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm just, I'm like, I, I don't want to assume. Yeah. I don't uh, remember Batman or Superman stepping out of the back <laughs> naked. Right. But that's a moment where you're like, yeah, woman's directing this one. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, turn, turn to the side a little bit. Let's see those abs. Let's see the light catch the line there. Um, I like Chris Pine. The thing I like about him is that he has no reservations about being a dope. Yeah. You know, yeah. he, he didn't really get too many moments in this movie to be a dope. I'm just thinking of like, we you know, when she says like, oh, I was formed out of clay by Zeus. And he's like, oh, well, that's neat. Yeah. You know, like things like that were, were kind of giving him a moment to be a dope. But the rest of the time, he's basically a Boy Scout. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, I, he, it's a weird little role because on the one hand, it's not quite Lois Lane. Like right. he's not, he's right. not the damsel. No. Uh, so we don't go full on gender role reversal. But at the same time, he's also clearly like the number two in this right. in this story. And I, I thought he played that role very well. Mm -hmm. um, I thought his little comedic moments were very cute. Mm -hmm. um, when she asks him, like, "What's that?" Uh, oh, my watch. Yeah. <laughs> like, even I, really well, that's the thing. Even I'm yeah. like, okay, she's not that right. Shelter, right. right? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Like, if you had to have a lineup of thirty-something male actors right now, that's who I would have picked. Oh, okay. Um, Not distractingly cute, but good enough. Um, yeah, I like. I, I liked him. I also liked. Um, I but really liked Lucy perfect. Davis as Etta Candy. Yeah. Um, she. The one thing I kind of I'm saddened by is that's it for her in this yeah, universe because we're never yeah. going back to that time frame. It's funny. I thought of that this morning. Like, oh, in the sequel, I hope that secretary could. No, nope. she's going to be dead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're we're getting to the present yeah. really quick. Yeah. Um, but things like you know, even things like when she says to Steve Trevor, "Oh yeah, just throw a pair of glasses on a pretty girl, and yeah. you'll never notice her now." <laughs> you know, or when she says, uh, you know, like Wonder Woman says to her, "Why would you wear a corset?" And she's like, "Oh, to keep our tummies in." She's like, "What? Why? Why would you do that?" She's like, only a skinny girl would ask that question. It's things like well, that. I thought when Wonder Woman pointed out she's actually a slave, she's like, I like her. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, she's she's really well done. And that's in a in a different movie, I would have liked more of her. Yeah, yeah. Um, or certainly if they I'd like to see the in-between with where she follows Wonder Woman. And like, yeah. now she's Wonder Woman's yeah, secretary. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, I think, you know, obviously we're, we're both kind of in love with this movie. And one of the things I think it does the best um, and this is one of those moments where it gets, it becomes a good cheeseburger and it really writes the ship of the three movies that had come before it is it really got the iconography of the character spot on. So there's the scene that everybody will always remember of this movie is the scene where she comes out of the trench yeah. and it's kind of crazy that that most of that scene is in the trailer. And so I'd seen it several mm -hmm. times, and yet, yeah. when it plays yeah. in context, it's it is it's right up there with some of the great character reveals in yeah. in movies. Like yeah. you know, you must have been like flipping when. Oh she... yeah! Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's there's always this constant debate about like, what's the greatest like f yeah moment yeah. in movies, and there's you like when the T Rex shows up in Jurassic Park to eat the raptors mm. and stuff like that. This I think this is probably number one now. Hmm. when she charges over the and it's shot so perfectly as a as a female watching it you don't see the elongated legs there's no thigh shot there's no boob shot it's just like she's coming to kick your ass they shot it like they would have shot batman coming out of the cave like superman coming out of wherever <laughs> he's my favorite the come on no. there you <laughs> go it there it is i'm young i can remember the 
it's God. But no, that was not my favorite moment, but probably the best moment of the whole film. It's, I mean, you know, it is literally iconic. Yes. You know, and, 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 and on the surface, it seems absurd to see somebody in red and blue walking across a battlefield. It's yeah. like, this is bananas. And yet, even just in the buildup of it, like that first shot, yeah. that is in slow-mo and everything, which shouldn't work. There's a lot of speed ramping in this movie, which you'd think would get tiresome. I was doesn't. A, no, no. <laughs> so that first shot that she just yeah. kind of swats away. Well, I, I thought that, for me, the whole F yeah part started when she takes her hair out and mm -hmm. she puts her headband on because you knew what she was going to do. And and as a girl, that's it. When you take your hair out, that you mean business. <laughs> See, I actually... <laughs> This this shows how much I know. I actually thought it was the other way. I thought like if she's about to kick some ass, she would like tie her hair off. No, 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 no. no. Oh, well, really? Because that's the Wonder Woman look. Oh, right? okay, okay. Like you, I mean, yeah. For a typical girl, you're gonna get into a street fight at Walmart. Yeah, yeah it, 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 street fight at Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, this whole episode but, is totally worth it right now. <laughs> you're that, from Scarborough, aren't yes, you? It's your hair. But yeah, so when she lets her hair down, and, and yeah. She, but that's the iconic Wonder Woman look. And, and right. she, we hadn't really seen that from no. her yet. And no, and we'd only, we'd like, only heard nice was, outfit. That's right. Yeah. Like, this movie was beautifully styled for her, mm -hmm. I thought. And we probably get into that later. But that's the first time you see the iconic, like, flowing long hair with the headband. Yeah. So Which knew, again makes no on. makes no sense on the page, but sure, okay, in that, in that reality. You knew it was on. Yeah, it was. I, I, I just <laughs> loved the. Yeah, the, the buildup. So so she's walking through, and there yeah. and there's one shot, and then two shots, and yeah. then more and more fire, and she just kind of keeps on going. And yeah. there's a, a a score underneath it. There's a movement in the score called No Man's Land. The score right now is the song that she's like walking to, and the same thing. It builds yeah. up as she's taking more and more fire, and just everybody's going nuts. Yeah, it's, because she's persisting. Yeah, it's, she it's is. The never, visualization yeah. of what we all go through. <laughs> um, I yeah, it's it's incredible. Um. It's, it's a really, really well done movie. It, for me, it has a few little flaws, but it's it's what I want entertainment to be. It's not really complicated. Like we've talked about things that it does um, off air. Like I was talking about how one of the things that I thought was pretty cool was one of the great evils in this movie is hung on the armistice. Yes. Like the, the, the allies are pushing for the armistice and Steve Trevor is trying to run this other mission. And the funny thing is, the armistice is about to do so much damage to the world order, unbeknownst to anybody. Now, you don't think that the writers are quite that clever no. to hang a great I evil or something like that. Amazing, I think they might yes. be. I, I, I think that I, I don't know if they're if they knew the symbolism or not. I, I don't have a lot of faith. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but but that I thought was was a really good move, and. Um, and even, you know, even just her approach that the great evil in the world will be on the front lines. It's, right. that's, that's, the right. other, like, that, that's the other thing that kind of comes with this is, on the one hand, you'd think that the great evil of the world would actually be in that uh, diplom diplomatic room. Because right. those are the men who are sending those other men to die. Right. But she knows that the real sadists and the real ones who are, are probably the ones that are out there well, she does have that line when she's in the room where she says, you know, where I'm from, generals go out and fight. And yeah. here they send them out to die. And, and, and for me, it was kind of interesting that they set it for World War One and not two, because that would have given her a concrete 
villain to go after, whereas I think it was better set in World War One because now she's got this idea, this concept to go after. It's weird, like, you know, not a lot of movies are set in World War One. I. I think a lot of people actually right. don't really know what it's about. Right. That's um, why I don't have a lot of faith that they knew what they were yeah. doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and, and and World War One in some ways was a little bit more complicated, but I, I kind of like that. Like, I think mm -hmm. there's been an, I almost feel like there's been enough said. It's been done, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I did like that. Um, no, this is, this movie is really, really well done. Was there anything else that, that jumped out at you that you wanted to touch on? Um, well, we're, did you start from the bottom up? I'll tell you something I didn't like. Sure, I thought okay. the, uh, I thought the end went on a little too long with her and, um, Yeah, so, you know, it, it's There's, not... In particular, there was one shot where Steve Trevor <laughs> looks over his shoulder and Wonder Woman and Ares are, like, raised. Right. Together, and it just seemed very like Magneto to me. It seemed very campy. I felt like that's a bad shot. Um, and then he just swivels his head back. And he's like, "Okay, anyway, we're gonna go this way." Yeah, it's don't pay attention to what's going on. Right, there. right. It's the you know, it, it's funny because that seems to really be the challenge with a lot of these movies is they can't seem to stage a final smackdown right. and keep it succinct. Mm -hmm. um, DC especially. Uh, seems to let these things draw on and on and on and on. It's kind of funny because again, when I'm when it's a low bar, I'm thinking, oh, we got done with that fight kind of quickly. Right. You know, the fight right. that she's involved in in Batman versus Superman, that one to me felt like it was twice as long. Yes. Um, maybe because it was three people fighting one villain, or maybe because we'd already watched a fight between the two heroes. Yeah. So it was like. I feel like I put the two fights together. I feel like I've just been watching. You got like fatigue. Yeah, yeah. So I, I it's it's weird. I, I thought, okay, we're doing that again, but yeah. at least this time the whole world isn't at danger. It's just this one right. corner of it. I think one of my favorite things about the whole movie was the way that it shot and it avoided the male gaze completely. I mean, I'm not used to that. We're, you know, as a female watching like a female-led heroine movie, you're used to like the boob shots, the gratuitous. It didn't. It, so it didn't matter to you that like she was in a like she's fighting battles in a toga, basically. No, no, because it wasn't gratuitous. She wasn't hanging out. She there was that little exposition scene where she looks at the corset and she's like, "You fight in this? Like, why yeah. would you do that?" It's funny because for a film that actually that has a lot of kicks, yeah, you know they're they're actually really they're they're really careful about how they stage a lot of those a lot of those kicks. Like you yes. see a lot of leg, yeah, but it never but approaches not in a gratuitous, gross way. It never the shot never lingers. Yeah. the shot doesn't. There's no like feet to waist, you know, rise up their leg like there would be in Tomb Raider. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's it's uh, I'm I'm I've always really been. Um, I was really, really excited and impressed with how this whole film is handled. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, good marks for both of us, I think. Yeah. Uh, we do end our review here on the matinee cast with the souvenir, something tangible or intangible that you would uh, take from this film and keep if you could. Uh, Megan Clayton, what would be your souvenir from Wonder Woman? Can I keep Chris or Pine? Steve Trevor, Trevor yeah, Steven? Can I keep <laughs> Steve Trevor? No, uh, I, I would want her shield. That it's, it's or her um, the dress like the coat dress. I thought that, that was cloak, stunning. I want that. That cloak <laughs> was pretty darn cool. Yeah. Um, I you know what it's that was the one thing I thought was was especially well done about this version of the character is everybody kind of has it in their head that Wonder Woman has a lasso and it's kind of a lame weapon. Like she uses it really she well, does, but it's yeah. kind of a lame weapon. Yeah. So I like that in this world she uses certainly a sword mm -hmm. um, and that shield that she uses really, really well mm -hmm. to show, you know, that, that defending yourself 
you know, is is paramount to yeah. being Best able to. Best offense is good defense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what would you take? I, you know what? I've been thinking about this for hours <laughs> and I do not know. This is going to sound terrible, but um, the way Steve Trevor was like, oh, nobody's going to notice her now. Like when she's in that bowler hat yeah, with the glasses. Yeah. I love that look yeah. on her. Like, you know, I, I've talked to you before about how I, I have a Funko of that version yeah. of Diana Prince. Yeah. I, I, I love that. I know we're never going to go back to that style yeah. now that she's in the modern era, but I love that look on her, that very like almost like schoolmistress yeah. kind of yeah. look. I, I would love to hang out with that woman, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and have ice cream. And again, like she's stunning and she looks stunning, but yeah. there's nothing that's gratuitous. There's nothing no. that's like No, she's like she's um, she's, she's like just... absurdly covered up. Yes. You know, yeah. and yet yeah. she looks incredible. Um, we rate here on the matinee cast on a scale of one to four stars, even though I can probably tell <laughs> Megan Clayton, what do you give Wonder Woman? Five? Can I give her five? Five out of four? Yeah. Sure, okay. Um, <laughs> I do give it three and a half. Those little things, yeah. uh, they, they held it back just a little bit for mm -hmm. me. And what's on the page didn't transcend quite enough for me. It's still, it's still fantastic. And mm -hmm. I think it gives the character and the universe a lot of great places to go. Um, and I'm, I'm really, I'm thinking there is a four-star movie in this character's future. I really hope so. Um, if nothing else, I hope that DC funnels everything through her. Um, yeah. you know, like she was the character that brought Batman and Superman together. She's going to be involved in bringing the Justice League together. If it was up to me, and I'm saying this as a Superman guy, mm -hmm. I would have everything, I would have her be point woman for everything right. going forward. So, but I want to see more. Um, hey, maybe we're wrong. Maybe you're somebody who did not like this movie. Or maybe you're, you're, uh, you think that even Megan is not being kind enough. Uh, let me know. Ryan at the matinee.ca. Uh, Twitter or matinee.ca or facebook.com. What did you think of Wonder Woman? Uh, we will be right back after this. We are going to do a um, chaotic other side where we talk about a whole bunch of movies all at once. So come on back right after this break. Back. She's Megan. I'm Ryan. We just got cookies, so we're in a great mood. <laughs> nice little. I don't. Snacks don't usually arrive. <laughs> snacks don't usually arrive in between. No, uh, it's, it's, great. it's it's a nice little behind the scenes. Um, so we didn't have time to do a complete other side for this episode where we pick one movie each and go in depth. Um, so we're just kind of going to do the um, the rapid fire other side that we've done in the show from time to time of other movies further reading that uh, we get to think about in, uh, in the throes of watching Wonder Woman. Um, and I'll, I'll start with this one. So one of the films I thought about immediately in the wake of Wonder Woman is Monster with um, Charlize Theron, the movie that actually got her her Oscar. Patty Jenkins, of course, is the director of both of these movies. And there was a lot of talk about, hey, here's, a, you know, forgetting about the fact of here's this woman who directed this small little movie, although that was how it got framed right. two weeks ago. Here's a director of this little tiny movie and we're handing him or her a $150 million franchise. And I don't know about you, but I don't really care. You know, I'm thinking to myself, if this is a director, male or female, who can tell a good story, you know, I don't care that they've only ever worked with a budget of $100,000. Yeah. They're a good storyteller. Yeah give it to these people. There's only like 10 
blockbuster directors in Hollywood, most of them aren't really names, and they're not all going to be available at the same time. So if you have to hang back until Joss Whedon is available or until Michael Bay is available, you're doing it wrong. So I'd I, I seeing Patty Jenkins, who her her work in Monster is fantastic. Uh, have you seen? Yes. Yeah, and and yes. it's it's a really cool story, it is. right? Like it, it is. Can, she, I mean, she gets more out of that story. And she makes Eileen Warnos so scary. Yeah. And in that small little box that she's given to work with. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not just Charlize Theron. I mean, it's, it's the creepy shots of her. When she interacts with her quote-unquote girlfriend, yeah. that's almost more disturbing than when you find out what she does. Like, mm -hmm. there, there's that creepy sinister to the movie that only a director draws out of it. So, like you say, I'd rather see somebody who took $100,000 and sculpted that into a diamond i'd yeah. rather see that person what can they do with 125 million because yeah. i know what michael bay is going to do with the money it's going to be garbage yeah <laughs> so and, and it's not like you know you're going to throw these gigantic <laughs> effects teams at these people anyway right. at these men and women whether right. they're, they've only made a movie for twenty five thousand dollars or if they made a movie that had a budget of 500 million you're going to throw these gigantic teams at them of of talent like more talent than they've ever had in their life probably I gotta believe that they're gonna know what to do with these people. You know, I, I really do. I don't think it's. I, I I don't think I've ever heard somebody say, "I just got in front of so many people and didn't know what to say." It's like you run a company, whether it's a company of ten or a company of ten thousand, you can run it. Right. So I was. I'm. I really hope that out of this, that we get more interest back with Patty Jenkins and Monster. I hope Patty Jenkins makes more movies because mm -hmm. she's been. You know, she's kind of been doing a lot of TV and that kind of thing. But that's the one thing I really hope out of Wonder Woman is that monster gets a little bit of attention. What was one of the movies that you got to thinking about? Well, I mean, we discussed it earlier, but immediately I thought of Tomb Raider and the just awful experience that was watching that movie. Mm. And Why was that experience so awful? <laughs> well, my expectation, I mean, I was a lot younger and my expectations were higher and I was a big Tomb Raider fan. I'm a, I was a big Angelina Jolie fan. So mm -hmm. when those two things came together, I was really excited. But when I, as soon as you go in, to the film and it's, I mean, five, ten minutes in, all of a sudden you're left with a feeling of like, oh, this was not made for me. Right. You know, like you've ever walked into a room and you realize like, oh, I'm I don't wrong, I'm in the wrong here. bar. Yeah. 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 Um, so hang on a second because actually you just reminded me of something good. So you're a gamer. Yes. Um, and Lara Croft is a very different type of, has a very different kind of weight within the world of gaming. What was that whole experience like for, were you into gaming by that time? Yes. Okay, and, yeah. and so, so like, what was that experience of seeing that kind of character translated that way? Um, well, if you go back and look at the first iteration of Lara Croft, I mean, that's kind of all, she's always been the scantily clad, pixelated. Is big, that good or bad, though? Big, well, I mean, it's like the big boob. You're used to it, and okay. you kind of grow up in that environment of, like, if you want to play a girl in a video game, that's what she's going to look like. Okay. So when, when Angelina Jolie was cast... She back then was a pretty badass. Like she wore her husband's blood around her neck. Yeah. Like she, she was just a, a wild, weird woman, and and it was really cool that she got cast, because that's the good part about Laura Croft was that she was kind of powerful. She was a female Indiana Jones, if you will. So you kind of had to look beyond the you know the leg stirrups and the, right. the tiny shorts and whatever and. You get really good at that if you're a girl playing video games. Okay. You're good at you know just <laughs> just, just eke out the good and right. try to try to ignore the rest. 
but uh, but yeah, so when Angelina Jolie was cast, it was really exciting, and then you got in, and she's half naked, and she's getting out of a shower, and I think Gerard Butler was in that one, or maybe it was the second one. The second and, one. There's and somebody else in the first one, I can't you remember don't, You don't never see him that way, no. but you see the, lead, the heroine that way, and I think I was like 15, 16, I was like, this is awkward. <laughs> you oh, know? man. So that's like an example of like what not to do. Yes, but I mean, think of another movie other than Wonder Woman that did it correctly. Um, I can't. I can't really. Well, um, I that that was actually the other thing. What I was trying to think of is is other movies, and it feels okay. To the credit of very very few who are pushing against very very many, it feels like there is a concerted effort to try to course correct, mm -hmm. um, because it feels like uh, you know every passing year. We're getting more and more and more characters into this canon of of the you know the heroine in in the world of men like kind of like what we were just talking about off air of my niece looking up to Wonder Woman and my niece looking up to the female Ghostbusters. We want to add more and more characters to my niece to look up to. So one of the ones I was actually thinking of, and I actually think you're you're one of the people who hasn't seen it yet, was I was thinking of Rogue One, um, okay. the, the most recent Star yep. Wars, um, because on the one hand, Jin Esso is she's not the biggest badass of them all. Like she's a pretty good fighter and she's a very, very tough character, which is cool. Um, when you compare the two new Star Wars lead heroines, mm -hmm. I think that Rey is higher above her in terms of strength. But the one thing I liked about Jin Esso as a character is that she's constantly surrounded in this world of men. And so much like Wonder Woman, she's pushing for like you said, why do you do it this way? And she's pushing for the truth. Mm -hmm. She's pushing for, this is what I know to be true because somebody who I trust implicitly has told me this is true and you are going to believe me. And she fights and she leads her, her canon. And I think that Rogue One now makes a neat little companion piece to Wonder Woman in that way. Um, and also the other one I thought about is there is an older movie where... Um, Again, a heroine is leading the charge, uh, not quite in the ass-kicking Lara Croft, Wonder Woman kind of way. But I went back to Aliens. Oh, um, yeah. You, you know, yeah, with, yeah. with yeah, with with Sigourney Weaver uh, in the second one, where she, you know, she gets into the EXO and she's smacking around an alien. Spoiler for Aliens, I guess. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's a movie where she's she's got like flamethrowers and guns in her hands an awful lot, and again is in this world of men that is not listening to her. <laughs> uh, and she just says, screw you all. I know exactly what I'm talking right, about, even right. if you don't want to believe me. I'd like to think that, I don't know, maybe Ripley is like a reincarnation. Maybe. <laughs> of Wonder Woman. Um, no, no, you're absolutely right. And there was nothing, there was nothing kind of gross or, or creepy about the way you ever saw Ripley, which was very similar. I mean, she's a badass woman that even men look up to a friend of mine a friend of the show mariah gates actually has issue that every single one of the alien movies without fail always manages to get ripley into her underwear and that was the <laughs> one thing that she said i don't understand why they got to go and do that and especially in the first one where yeah. we go through everything and she ends up in this really like 1970s come hither kind of outfit um, did you you had another one that you were kind of knocking around as far as comparison? There seems here's the one weird thing. There seems to be only a small handful of action heroines mm -hmm. in Hollywood these days, which I think is kind of nuts because you get a show like Daredevil that basically like there's there's I'm not going to believe that there's only a handful of stunt women who can act, right? Or there's only a handful right. of actors who can pass 
as stuntwomen, like you were saying earlier, Gal Gadot was Israeli military. Yes. Right? So that, that trains her how to move. And yet it always kind of seems to come back to Scarlett Johansson and Charlize Theron in things like Aeon Flux and Mad Max Fury Road um, and um, Angelina Jolie. Because we were talking about then, you, you know, you start with something like Tomb Raider at the beginning of her career, and then you fast forward the tape, like, not even all that long, actually. There wasn't much time between the two movies except for four or five years, and you get something like Mr. and Mrs. Smith, right. where a different approach to the character kind of gives her her whole presence in that movie something very, very better. A lot better, I should say. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's only a handful of actresses that you quote-unquote buy as kind of a tough woman. You know what I mean? I mean, like, yeah. I would not put, like, a Meg Ryan or Julia Roberts in tough no. roles. And they've tried and they've failed. Like, yeah. And there's just something about Charlize Theron that kind of scares you. There's something about, <laughs> you know, Angelina Jolie that kind of scares you. Maybe and it's in the eyes. Yeah, they have the crazy eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not <laughs> saying that. But... <laughs> I bet you she's got the crazy eyes. <laughs> but no, there's just something kind of... There's something edgy and, and tough and kind of gruff about them, and, and that's, I mean, to flip back to Wonder Woman, that's why I really like Gal Gadot, is she doesn't have that, but when she needed to, she did, mm. you know? She, she had the crazy think, eyes? No, not the crazy eyes, the determined eyes. She was different than I thought in that role than I'd been used to seeing heroines. Like, there's, there were a lot of sides to her that I didn't feel like there were in other heroines. Is there something to these characters that we've been talking about, like Ripley and Janesso and Wonder Woman and, and Lara Croft, that kind of has to find this strange middle ground between masculine and feminine? In in terms of how they're no, in terms of how they're fighting, in terms of being like, you know, they're they're a a tough heroine. Does that yes. ever kind of tip over towards masculine, or is it always in the feminine? I think Ripley definitely tips. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I don't. I, I, but not, like, not that there's anything. I'm not saying that that's a negative. I'm just no. saying that, yeah, some of them are a lot more masculine. I mean, talking about Mr. and Mrs. Smith, though, that's kind of way over into the feminine side where she's fighting a lot of these fights in a dress. And, mm-hmm. and it feels like you can only have it one way or another. Like, you can, you can either be the sacrificial, you know, I'm going to do whatever I want and then I'm going to. I don't want to spoil the end of yeah. book one, but yeah, yeah. it doesn't end up well for her. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I, you know, I, th- this week I was listening to the audiobook of We Should All Be Feminists, and it was talking about how we need to raise our, not so much how we need to raise our daughters, but also specifically how we need to raise our sons. And it kind of makes me wonder, is like, when are we going to get to the point where the, the men are treading this line between masculine and feminine? When are you going to get an action hero who is androgynous, if not particular, if, if, if even a feminine, but also has to, you know, work into this world of being macho and that. Did we kind of see the beginning of that with Steve Trevor, maybe? Maybe, but I just think he's a big dumb dope. No, I don't think he was, I don't think he was a big dumb dope. I think, I think he was, um, I think he kind of straddled the line. Like he got really upset when he had to say goodbye and he, you know, he's probably crying in the plane and like, and that was... Not maybe not feminine, but that was the softest we'd seen kind of an action hero. Certainly the softest kind of, you've seen a soldier. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah, because yeah, we forgot that. And, like he's a, he's a soldier. Yes. Yeah. And I and maybe hopefully he's the beginning. Maybe he's the pioneer. Like Wonder Woman's gonna be. I Could mean, be. I I hope. I hope so. Um, you know, it, it's it's. I, I think the real takeaway from this round of other sides is we really had to reach to yeah. marry up this movie with a lot of other movies. Yeah. Which on the one hand. I think that says good things about Wonder Woman, first of all, in that, you know, it's it's very singular 
in that way. In another way, I think it's actually kind of sad that we really <laughs> had to reach to marry this up because it's not even like we could sit here and compare it to Electra or Catwoman because those movies are just so terrible. Right. And I mean, off air, we were even talking about Harley Quinn, who is the only <laughs> other uh, heroine in this universe right now and who is an interesting portrayal, but in just such a bad movie that I didn't even want to you know, invo invoke that name right now. Right. Because I think it's just handled so badly, right. so it's 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 kind of a that's it's it's a weird thing that we've got this cheeseburger of a movie, like I called it, but there's so much to talk about because it's so very much off on its own. Right. So, very good. Well, that is episode 178 of the Matinee Cast. Come on back on Monday, June 26th for episode 179. There is a lot coming out in the next few weeks. Beguile, Baby Driver. Uh, it comes at night, which I'm gonna go see tonight. Uh, I'm gonna go see a very late night show. Megan is shaking her head at me because even though she's younger than I am, I'm the kid at heart who stays up till 10.45 on a Friday to go see a movie. Um, and so I don't know what we're gonna be discussing. So I'm open to suggestions. Um, as I'm also open to guests. If you wanna come on the show, uh, let me know. Uh, I'd love to have new people on or people back after a long time. Um, I would plug what Megan is doing, but Megan, uh, what, do, do, you want, do you want to like plug your Instagram or something like that? <laughs> People want to follow you there. People like pictures like of dogs. Yeah, like pictures, like pictures of, dogs of dogs and records. And records and PlayStation controllers. Yeah. Um, Socks. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can just say hey to Megan if you see her in the street. But thank you so much for coming on the show thank and coming along. Thank you for having me. Let me rant experience. about how much I like. Definitely. <laughs> uh, my site is thematinee.ca. For more audio content, you can find back episodes by going to thematinee.ca slash podcasting. You can also find them on Pocket Cast, Stitcher Radio, Blueberry, Apple's podcast app, and the iTunes Store. Everything gives you ways to subscribe for free and get alerts when new episodes drop. Feedback on Wonder Woman can be left in the comments section of the site. You can email me, ryan at thematinee.ca, Twitter, where I'm matinee underscore ca, or facebook.com slash darkmatinee. Any final thoughts? You didn't have to ring the mansplaining bell once. No, I didn't. You did so well. Oh, look you at me. You mansplained anything to me. I'm a good little feminist. Or I'm just blonde. Uh, <laughs> I didn't no, 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 come on, I'm a good feminist. <laughs> come on. For Megan, I'm Ryan. We'll see you at the night.